Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, we got a lot of news on a Tuesday morning before free agency. How are you doing today, buddy? Good. I mean, it's it's odd. It's, it comes in bursts, right? It does. Like we're, it really we're does. Kind of, we're kind of in this waiting period, right, for to hear what the deal is with the CBA, which keeps getting pushed back. And then suddenly I woke up this morning and there was just a, a, a deluge of information on, on the CBA, on the league year, that we'll all get into today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's start with the Cowboys-related news, and then we'll work our way to the, the NFL news. So uh, the big news this morning... Uh, was that the Cowboys will play in the 2020 Hall of Fame game uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's like the second week of August. It's a Sunday night game now. Um, that means the Cowboys will play five preseason games this year. Training training camp will start earlier. Overall, Landon, is this a good thing for the Cowboys with a new coaching staff that may need that extra time to evaluate players? Yeah, I, I kind of think it is. I mean, you know, sometimes you can kind of go back and forth and, and you know, debate whether the extra time is good and is it just wear and tear in your body that you don't need and, and that sort of thing. But I, I do think that with the new coaching staff, you know, a, a, what's going to be a completely new defense, uh, I think that there's some value in, in, in having uh, an opportunity to kind of get some more time with the guys and, and get mm-hmm. some, more, some more practices uh, to figure out exactly where you like everybody, you know, I think on offense it'll be a little bit less helpful. Well, you, you know, cut, just, we, the offense is pretty much set, though, right? Yes, that's what it yeah, is. that's what I mean. Yeah, just because it's it's he, you know, they're you know, despite McCarthy coming in, I think that they're they're hold, you know, they're holding to a kind of Kellen Moore offense. There's going to be some some changes here and there, probably more in play sequencing more than anything. But I think on the defensive side. Uh, there's there could be a, a quite a bit of change. So getting them an opportunity to get an extra week of practice, an extra week on the field with their coaches, uh, I think that could be a, a good thing for the defense for sure. Yeah, and I don't really worry about – I mean, some people are asking me, isn't it kind of weird that they're playing the Steelers in the regular season as well? Why would they match these two teams up in the preseason? The fact of the matter is there's probably going to be like four players on each side who are playing in the preseason game that will actually play in the – regular season game right it, you're, you're just not going to see very many big name players in that hall of fame game so it really really doesn't matter it's more like a scrimmage more than anything else that first preseason game that hall of fame game is always so sloppy uh so it's it's nothing it's nothing to worry about from a strategic standpoint uh, i i do think it's fun to have another preseason game to do evaluate some of these guys and um you know it's going to be fun to watch uh, some extra snaps of maybe somebody like a uh, John Vea Johnson, who we liked last year, or Jalen Guyton, or uh, maybe a Chris Westry, or you know some of those guys that are down the roster t- trying to you know make it the fifty three. So just something to to keep an eye on. Um, let's go ahead and move to the other Cowboys news from this morning, and I know this one is near and dear to your heart. Uh, the Cowboys picked up the team option on fullback Jameez Olawale. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised they made that move, but what what were your takeaways from? 
uh, McCarthy deciding to bring back Olawali? Uh, I think it was, you know, I, I, not surprising terribly. I mean, I, I know that they they definitely use a lot of two-back set. He likes to use a fullback. Um, and I think that, you know, for what you're getting from Olawali, he's, he's athletic. Uh, he's well-liked in the locker room. He's a big-time special teams player. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I think for all of those reasons are probably more uh, the 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 you know catalyst to him coming back than I guess his you know anything he's done on offense to say the least because you know sure. the Cowboys didn't really avail him very much I mean they didn't really use him often no. so no uh, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if if he actually gets more touches on offense with this with this group um, and it if he does uh, then you know I I, I could see him being kind of a an interesting outlet for this for this offense you know in a passing game specifically yeah so we talked about um a, a couple different times in this show about mccarthy's love for two back sets and three receivers right he's not necessarily going to force a tight end on the field i just think it's interesting the possibilities of having like zeke and olawali on the field with three receivers because olawali could function as an h back or even you could put him out in the slot if you needed to so Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better, Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. I wouldn't be surprised if Olawali's usage like doubles this year with McCarthy, just because I think he has a better idea on how to use that Absolutely. type of player. Absolutely. And correct? honestly, I mean, I've been calling for that for a while. I thought it was might have happened a little bit more last year. Uh, and I think that early on in the season, we saw a, a, a little bit. I mean, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just kind of anecdotally, I, I, I think I feel like I remember seeing him t- getting more snaps early on in the season than later on in the season. And, and I and I think that you know, if you kind of watch yeah. the trending of things. I think there was a, uh, a kind of early season part, or the early part of the season where. Uh, uh, Kellen Moore felt like he was getting kind of free reign, and then a- as the season crept mm-hmm. on, Jason was kind of getting grabbing more and more back from him and, and, and put injecting his thought process on there. So maybe that is a part of the decline of snaps for for Jamezo Lawley. But I will say this: just in training camp, but it also not just in training camp, but also in the regular season. We've seen Ola Wally do some really interesting things. You know, uh, I mean, go, uh, running wheel routes from the slot as a fullback. Uh, you know, I think he's a mismatch player for linebackers for sure. Um, so I, I think there are things that he can do that make him useful as an offensive player uh, that maybe the Cowboys just still, uh, you know, despite him being on the team for two years, 
still have not availed themselves of yet. I also think there's some value here in bringing back uh, somebody who you're pretty comfortable with. Kellen Moore knows him well. Uh, Zeke knows him as a blocker. I, the way that I keep viewing this offseason is the Cowboys aren't really going to change anything on offense. They're going to try to bring back Randall Cobb, try to bring back everybody that they had last year, and spend all of the resources fixing the defense. Bringing back Ola Wally just plugs one more hole. You don't have to feel like you have to go out and try to find a fullback in free agency or try to draft one late. You know what he can do. I just think there's some value in the familiarity. Yeah, there, don't you I mean, think? absolutely. And like I said, that the familiarity, the the locker room guideness of him, and I think the special teams aspect sure. of it are, were really big selling points. And, and really, you know, we're talking about $1.7 million. It's, it's, it's nothing. Yeah. It's not so. nothing. That once this new CBA gets passed, and we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit, it'll be less than half a percent of the um, CBA. <laughs> right, and that's basically. I think the new CBA says all veteran minimum contracts are like one point one million, so it's just yep. barely above uh, yep. what a vet minimum guy is. So uh, nothing to worry about in terms of cap. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about Amari Cooper. All right, Landon, um, Ed Warder today had a report that the Cowboys are close to a deal with Amari Cooper. Uh, Both sides would like to get a deal done. Uh, And the expectation is that Cooper is going to get a deal done before Dak Prescott. Uh, We were kind of talking about this before the show, but that's not really surprising to either of us. The the him signing the contract? No. I I mean, I think that... Yeah, yeah. But the the whole thought process here is that you know, again, everything I think is waiting on the CBA. This, I, even this deal, I don't think is going to get done by the C, until the CBA is done. All right, I could be, I could be, maybe that's what's changed. Is that maybe, uh, and, and this, I'm just coming up with this on the fly. So excuse me if I'm changing directions, but mm-hmm. maybe the thought process is that they got to get this deal done, no matter what the CBA is. You know, because the truth is, is that if they sure. don't get the CBA done, then. Uh, then they, uh, you know, they'll they'll have the tags, but maybe getting Cooper done allows you to use one of those tags on Byron Jones now. Uh, yeah, and if you yes, don't, and if you, yes. and if you sign the CBA, obviously you only have one tag, so you've got to have one either Dak or Cooper signed, or you're going to lose one of them. Uh, I, I think with Cooper, you know, there's no there's no uh, pressure anymore uh, to continue to wait for like, you know, Julio Jones or any of these other contracts to come up because they've already come and gone. So the number is pretty well established, I think, for Cooper. Um, and I think that's yeah. where there's difference between Dak is that there's a lot – it's pretty well slotted out what Cooper's going to make. Dak, I think, you know, the longer this goes on, you know, let's pretend like it, let's pretend like he actually had multiple years left. The longer this goes on, the more his money is going to go up. You know, like so – Absolutely, and almost it doesn't matter what he does on the field as long as he's competent. Yeah, that the pressure keeps going for up, the right? pressure, if anything, for on anyone is for the Cowboys to sign him before having to put him on the tag, or the Cowboys to sign him before he hits Correct. free agents, free agency. So uh, yes. th- there's no pressure with the Cooper deal, I think, at this point, other than let's get it done before he becomes technically a free agent, or we have to choose between that and, and or giving him a. Uh, 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 a tag, which we don't want to do. So I think that at this point, getting the deal done is not surprising. I'm sure that they've had the numbers in their minds for a while, and either they feel confident enough about the CBA getting passed, or 
they're wait they're getting their ducks in order for the CBA to get passed or wild card they've realized even if the CBA doesn't pass they've got to get the uh, Cooper under contract uh, in order to try hmm. to maybe do something with Byron Jones with that second tag. Yeah, so let's talk about the slotting really quickly because you mentioned that. Um, for the most part, all the top receivers are paid right now. Julio Jones is getting $22 million a year. Michael Thomas at, is at 19.2. And then it's Tyreek Hill at $18 million. He got a new contract this year. I don't expect Amari to top Julio Jones or Michael Thomas considering both of those guys uh, have had all pro seasons. They've led the league in receiving yards. But Tyreek Hill at 18, Odell Beckham at 18, Mike Evans at 16.5, probably somewhere in that range. Maybe he'll make a little bit more than Hill or Beckham. But I think that's what you mean. Like, we, we basically know it's going to come down to okay, are you getting 17 million a year or 18 million? Uh, and that's why I think this is a, a pretty straightforward negotiation. Now, you brought up the idea of franchising or transition tagging. Byron Jones. Somebody asked that today for our Twitter Tuesday. Um, let's go ahead and talk about that possibility. So let's assume the Cowboys uh, either get Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper signed, or they get Cooper signed, franchise tag uh, Dak. They could put the transition tag on Byron Jones, uh, which would allow them to match any offer. Uh, I believe that's at $14 million a year. Or they could use the franchise tag on Byron, which is $16 million a year. And they could trade him. We have seen over the last couple of years uh, multiple people, multiple defenders actually, uh, be franchised and then traded between Jadavion Clowney, uh, D. Ford, uh, Frank Clark. It seems like Yannick Ngakwe from the Jaguars is going to have a similar thing happen to him this year. How realistic of a scenario is that of the Cowboys franchising Byron and then trying to trade him? Hmm. I, you know, that's tough. I, as far as realistic, you know, I, um, I think it's something that they should definitely consider. You know, if they don't want to sign him long term, if they think it's too much money, uh, I think if you're trying to maximize your ability to get, uh, 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 you know, trying to get assets and trying to rebuild this defense, I, I mm-hmm. think doing that is the best way to you know, get return on your value for Byron Jones. If you're not going to re-sign him, uh, and, and you know, I like I, I feel I'm very 50-50 on the Byron Jones thing because I I, I feel like I real, I, I'd love the player back. It's the money that you're talking about when you really need to be spending it on a variety of different spots on defense is uh, that's that's the only thing that is kind of, I think, the, the, the factor here. So if the Cowboys are not interested in paying that, then at least get your values worth and and franchise him, get sure. some draft picks for him or something. Uh, even if it's not a ton, even if it's just like a you know third or fourth round pick or something, like it, it's sure. better than absolutely. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna add that in because um they've changed that rule where you know remember what it used to be you had to trade two yeah. first round picks yeah. to get somebody on the franchise tag and it basically made it untradeable. Uh, that's yeah. not the case anymore. Uh, you could trade a guy for a second-round pick or a pick swap. So maybe the Cowboys give up their third-round pick and get back somebody's second-round pick. Um, the value to me in franchising Byron not only is getting a pick, but also maybe helping him decide where to go, right? If you could potentially make sure that he gets outside of the division, that would be worth doing the franchise tag alone, right? Like if you can, if you can make a deal or you say, hey – 
we're going to match anything that you sign within the division. But if you go sign with the Raiders or the Jets, uh, we'll make sure you get that deal. Uh, wouldn't that make some sense as well? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think that there's a way to do this that's equitable for all the parties involved, and and I, I think that that's you know those kind of deals are really where Jerry shines, you know, and kind of convincing them that this is a a, a a good deal for them, you know, and and so I I I think the question is is are the Cowboys in a position to if if things fall through and no one agrees to their trade demands, are the Cowboys in a position to hold on to to Byron through the through the cap? I mean through the through the uh, the rest of the season on the tag. I I mean, considering the deal is only sixteen million for one year, I, I think I think you could do that. Like I think you could fit that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think if they can handle that, then then yeah, I mean that that's the only thing is that you don't want to call a bluff and then you know. Uh, be stuck with money that you can't afford. So I I just think there's too many teams out there that need corners, right? We're hearing about all these teams wanting to go after Byron Jones. It wouldn't shock me to see a team give up a second or a third round the, pick to get Byron Jones. That's part not about it is honestly, yeah, like you mentioned, you know, preventing Philadelphia or New York from getting him. You know, I mean, like yeah, I mean, absolutely. that would be a, a very nice added bonus there to be sure. Uh, yeah, I like that idea for sure. It's just right. a matter of whether they can actually pull it off. Um, one team that I'm, I'm still looking at as a potential maybe trade partner for Byron Jones, uh, the Raiders. Now, they don't have a second-round pick, but they have three third-rounders all at the back end of the third round. I could certainly see them giving up a late third-round pick to, to kind of avoid the um, you know the sure. betting war with you know, the Giants or the Eagles. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, and that's why that's why I think I'm certainly more open to the franchise tag now. If you can get Dak and Cooper done over the next week or so, um, just something to keep an eye on. Um, Lane, I did want to ask you one question today from our Twitter Tuesday. Uh, this one comes from John. Uh, what is your take on the 17 game schedule? It does appear this new CBA gets passed. Uh, that that is something that's going to happen here in the relatively near future. Uh, what's your take on the 17 games, guys? Uh, I think it means that you're going to have 18 games pretty soon. Um, yeah, yep, that's I mean, exactly I think that what I that, think too. There's no way that they're adding a 17th and they're not going to end up adding an 18th. I, I just, I, I just don't believe yep. it. Um, I think that the 18th game will likely be the bargaining chip for the next CBA. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I think that they need to find a way to. Um, you know what's the, what's the term they use in the NBA? Load management. Yeah, I think load, load management, management yeah. is may start becoming uh, a thing that we are looking at with with uh, with the NFL players. Just because I mean, eight, eighteen games is a lot of games. You know, um, I, I think that the people uh, from the players' side, I think the people that are upset about it are the stars. I, I honestly think that the lower yeah. rung of players are happy with it. It's another game check. It's another opportunity. Um, well, not even all just those guys. How many extra players are going to be able to play in that final game? You know, due to injuries. Yeah. And, you know, maybe players resting guys that, that couldn't play before. I would guess what? Maybe 25, again, 50 more all guys. Of this is why. You know, I mean, again, we we 
I mean, I, I do all the time. I dunk on the NFLPA all the time. But it, it's I, I think if you look at the situation, they're kind of in an impossible situation, right? You've got two mm-hmm. very different classes of of players, you know, superstars, and then everybody else. And because of that, they want very different things. And, and I think part of that is, you know, convincing these younger players that they're going to get that them getting a whole bunch of new money uh, is is not in their best interest because uh, it's going to prevent the superstars from uh, making as much money. So that's why I feel like the CBA for for ninety nine percent of the players, it's a pretty good deal for them. But for the top, tippy top guys like Aaron Rodgers and some of those guys, JJ Watt speaking out, yeah, it's probably not the best deal for them. They probably feel like they do deserve a bigger cut, but it it doesn't matter too much for the guys, you know, on the practice squad. Look, they're trying to open up the practice squad, make it so the rosters are bigger. Uh, that's all super encouraging for guys at the bottom of the roster. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers really well, cares no, about but, that, does he? But I don't think JJ Watt cares about that. You know, as much as as much as they don't care about that. The rest of the league doesn't care that there's a cap on the of two hundred fifty thousand dollars for the seventeenth game paycheck, right? Because none of them are yeah. making that. Yeah. And then on top of that, they also don't really care about the seventeenth game because here's the other thing: they're already playing in that game. The, the, you know, the, a lot of these guys yeah. are already playing in those in those preseason games that you know. I mean, we think as fans, we think about the league as the superstars that are in the league, but it's not. It's it's you know the ninety percent of the league that plays you know special teams and and is a uh, a a good starter, but a replaceable starter or a, a key backup, and those guys are all playing in all three preseason games and you know probably maybe four, mm-hmm. and and right now for them to give one of those preseason games up for a regular season game where they're going to get a bigger paycheck. That's not a downside for them, you know. Like that's only a downside for the for the superstars, really. So, I think that you know the the, the divide and conquer situation is going to continue to work for the owners, and the NFLPA will likely pass this. Uh, you know, they're trying to do a lot of things last minute, including a lawsuit against the 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 association. They've changed presidents. Yeah, I think Okung dropped. I think I think Okung dropped that. He did this okay. morning, but okay. yeah, it. it it's just a it's a crazy thing. Yep. JC Treader got voted in as their new president. It does sound like he was maybe more open to the CBA compared to some of the other guys uh, that they were voting for. So I I would assume this gets passed. Yeah, here Sunday, I mean I, I just think? think that that again, it's it's like one of the it's like a lot of things in real life. The squeaky wheel is getting oil right now. I think that they're complaining and there's sure. lots of people that have a, a large platform that are complaining. But the 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 mat, but the large masses of of you know the middle class of the NFL that don't, that don't get interviewed weekly by ESPN, they these those guys are running to vote for this because you know and, and it's and it's not even just them. Like I, I was listening to I think it was the uh, talking Cowboys this morning that was talking about how the uh, the the ex players right they get a a, a new bump in their mm. pension plan for six hundred dollars a month. For every year that you played in the NFL, so if you played a ten-year career in the NFL, you're making six thousand dollars a month more, more yeah. than you were before. So, yeah, so and so, and so like yeah. all those guys are now coming uh, talking to the, these young kids, and so the owners have done a really good job of 
isolating the uh, you know to them problematic superstars who are going to fight them a lot of the CBA stuff, and then making them fight their own crew instead of fighting the ownership. This is why the NFL yeah. always does really well in these yeah. CBA negotiations, right? They're they're good at this. This is why a lot of those guys uh, made the money that they did because they're good at this business kind yeah. of stuff and the legal uh, dealing with labor. That. So <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not surprising. Absolutely, it's this is why it's not that surprising to me at all. I I do hope it gets passed because, again, I talked about this the other day. I hate talking about the CBA stuff. It's it's not football to me. I mean, I understand how important it is. Uh, but I'm I'm, a sh- I'm sure a lot of the fans feel the same way. They just want it to be over with, so we can get to talking about the free agents in the draft rather than what's happening in you know these legal quarters. So um, hopefully this will all be over soon and we can move on. And it does seem like we're getting closer to a conclusion there. Um, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Tomorrow, Landon and I are going to do some more draft stuff. Uh, we're going to be talking about three players that we might not have considered uh, enough early on in this draft. Uh, so make sure you guys tune in for that. You can follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.